Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado, that's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is our very special Christmas Day NBA betting edition. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joining me, Justin Fan, the man, the myth, the legend. Justin, how you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to get into the slate of games. Uh, nothing better than ignoring your family and betting on basketball during uh, the holidays. Yeah, and I'm actually going to be going to a game for the first time. Denver's hosting a Christmas Day game versus the Pelicans that no one's going to watch, and I'll be very excited to be one of the few people actually watching that game. A reminder before we get started, the Action Network podcast will be coming down your chimney with three more episodes this week. Our NFL Fantasy Flex, the NFL Week 17 betting preview, which I listen to every single week, and the College Football Bowl Preview Part 3 episodes. They'll all be out before Friday. They're going to get caught up after the holiday, so be sure to keep listening, and happy holidays from all of us here at Action Network. So let's go ahead and get started with this slate for Christmas. You know, not as good of a slate, I think, as maybe we would have hoped to start the year. There's been injuries. There's been teams that have obviously kind of fallen off that aren't as good. The Zion Williamson injury, I think, is a big part of this. Uh, The Steph Curry injury is maybe an even bigger part of this. Let's start with Celtics or Raptors. The Raptors are banged up. They've got a number of injuries on that team, but they have covered the last two games without uh, all those guys. Marcus Saul's out. Norman Powell's out. Pascal Siakam's got a groin injury. Stanley Johnson's got a groin injury. Matt Thomas, the legend of Alex Wong up there for Yahoo, uh, is out. Marcus Smart's going to be out in this game. Gordon Hayward is probable. I just saw a tweet from uh, Tim Bontemps talking about how the cortisone shot for him has worked and he's probably going to play. You know, Vincent Poirier is uh, injured. He's out. Robert Williams has got a hip. He's out. Taco Fall has got a knee. He's out. Two banged up squads. This opened at Celtics minus two and a half. It's now moved all the way to three. The Celtics are three point favorites on the road. The over, uh, the totals 213 currently as we're recording this after opening at 213 and a half. Justin, what are your kind of thoughts on this one? Yeah, I've already bet the Celtics at two and a half. And you look at this Raptors team without all those guys, Siakam, Marcus Old, Norman Powell, they've really been an average team in those three games since they're 14th in offense efficiency, 16th in defense, and you got Fred VanVleet too. He's still not 100%. Like he, he's been recovering from that knee injury. Three games since, he's shot 33% from the field, three for 19 from three. So they're really a banged up squad. They're facing a Celtic side that's getting Gordon Hayward back. Um, that's been really, really solid throughout the throughout the season. They're they're top six in, in offense and defense. Um, and, and this this Raptors team, I mean, they were already kind of thin before, and their bench is just extremely problematic. I mean, their bench right now is Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, Malcolm Miller, um, and the corpse of Stanley Johnson. So, I mean, they're also the Raptors are also playing their third game in four days on Christmas, and they're coming off an overtime game. So, for me, this is a spot where I'm pretty optimistic about the Celtics, just given the state of the Raptors, the the injuries, and the uh, the schedule kind of going against them. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away on this one. Um, I don't like it. I, I don't like division games in which one team has like got an injury advantage. It just seems like a setup for a letdown spot, even on Christmas. It's a road game. Uh, Stevens for his career is ten and fourteen against the spread versus the Raptors. He's five four and one as a favorite. That's not a big enough differential for me to feel good about that. Um, I want to wait and see 
you know, what the actual injury status look like because sometimes the Raptors are a little bit tricky with some of those guys. Um, Fred Van Vliet's obviously a big deal, but Kyle Lowry's been carrying them. They do have – all the guys are really well coached in the system. That makes me a little bit nervous. Um, I understand leaning towards the Celtics. I kind of lean a little bit in that direction based off of the Celtics are seventh in uh, jump shot field goal percentage off of the dribble. The reason I like that number is if you're going to face a team on the road, you want to be able to hit shots. And I think a team that's more consistent in that area, like Boston is like Boston's a jump shooting team. And so I feel a little bit more confident about that. Um, I still don't really understand how the Celtics are this good defensively. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but like you mentioned with all the injuries, um, it's likely that they're going to be able to go ahead and hold it down. I mean, you know, they, they should be able to, there's no real disadvantage there. Cause it's not like Gasol um, is any sort of like big scoring punch anyway. So it doesn't take anything off that he's not there, but this all the, the Raptors just also don't have any sort of interior scoring weapons really. So um, I, I lean towards staying away. I do kind of like the over at two thirteen and a half. I just feel like um, there's a good chance that this one, because that numbers, that's the lowest total on the board for Christmas. And while I get that they're injured, I think when guys are injured, they're more likely to play when they're down guys are more likely to play up tempo, try and get the offense going. I think defense is actually what suffers there. So I kind of like the over in that spot. Yeah. I think without Siakam, especially the, the Raptors defense becomes a lot more vulnerable. So I think I agree with you on that, on that call. All right, uh, Bucks Sixers, which is the sneaky good game of the day. Eastern Conference title favorites, obviously. This opened as Bucks minus two and a half. It's still Bucks two and a half. It did open at, at FanDuel and DraftKings as Sixers minus one, which was just laughable. Like I just, I was really. I will say though, like if we factor in home court, depending on how many points you want to switch around for home court, that means that the Bucks would be favored by a pretty healthy amount in Milwaukee. And I get how good they are, but then I'm like, that's probably too much. This is a hard game, I think, to cap. Like just to try and figure out. The Sixers are inconsistent and they're not as good as Milwaukee, but they are at home where they've been great. And the Sixers do have the talent to go out there. Like we've seen them in some impressive victories and we've seen them just lay complete eggs. Total here is 221. I like Milwaukee just based off of, look, they, they went two and one versus them last year in, in the regular season meeting. I don't think Horford helps them at all in this matchup because Horford's not good in drop coverage. The Sixers don't bomb threes, and those are the teams that I worry about versus Milwaukee, the teams that are going to be able to hit all the threes that Milwaukee gives up. The Sixers are a low three-point rate team, comparatively speaking. So I like Milwaukee here, and I like the under. I, I don't have a lot of faith that Milwaukee, even at a high pace, Philly's good enough, I think, to keep the number below you know anything outlandish. I think Milwaukee's defense will be able to handle things. Like The Bucks won points in the paint in all three matchups last season. So um, I lean towards Bucks here and the under. What do you think? Yeah, I already got the Bucks myself, and um, you mentioned a lot of the matchup things I like in this spot. The, their Bucks defensive priorities to pack the paint and protect the rim. They lead the league in not only defending their restricted area, but preventing shots there. And the Sixers just lost their best three-point shooter this season, Matisse Thybul. Um, so their starting unit has been really rough in terms of three-point shooting. Their their best three-point shooters this season have been off their bench, like James Ennis, Helen Neto. They've kind of overperformed. Um, but the three-point shooting remains a Pretty big concern in this spot against this Bucks team that really forces you and funnels uh, shot attempts in that direction. And I can already see the Sixers offense really struggling and stalling in crunch time. I mean, I can see it playing out already when the Bucks start sagging off Ben Simmons in the half court, force him to beat them. And he's 
it's really tentative. He's forcing things, turnovers come. Um, and for me, the Sixers offense just remains a, a pretty big concern. Um, the way they've looked. They've lost three straight earlier, you know, last week uh, because Brett Brown couldn't solve his own defense. And now they're facing the be- the best defense in the league. So um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic on the Bucks here. I like them quite a bit. And um, they've been, they've been, you know, sh- they've shown consistently that they're, they're able to control um, the paint. And um, if you sort of neutralize Joel Embiid, make Ben Simmons and their perimeter sh- uh, players beat you, then you're just in really good shape. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab the Bucs as soon as we get off this call because uh, 61% of the tickets are on the Bucs, but 76% of the money. So the Sharps are already coming in on Milwaukee. They're also coming in on Boston, by the way. They're liking the road teams in a lot of these matchups. Bledsoe, I don't think, hurts them as much in this one just because of Bledsoe has had really inconsistent games versus the Sixers. He just hasn't really shown, shown out. Um, the bench, I, I mentioned, I feel pretty confident Milwaukee is going to do that. That's my, my only concern really with the over is I'm worried about the, the bench put it like DiVincenzo just going nuts and putting up a big number. That's my concern um, for the over. Let's talk Rockets Warriors. Uh, I hate this game. Uh, this game sucks. Uh, this game should, it's unfortunate that Curry's not playing because there's no real reason to watch it and it sucks. The Rockets are 11 point favorites. The over under is 226 and a half. That's down from 227 at open. The Rockets are already up a full point um, and that's with not a lot of bets coming in at open at 10. It's already 11. Um, 71% of the tickets are on Houston, 96% of the money. I don't have a real strong feel either way here. Uh, Golden State's been good against the spread recently. They've been, they've been pesky. Houston seems to always, every time that things are going well and they've been going well for Houston, they seem to kind of face plant and hurt themselves. I don't want to trust Houston laying double digits on the road uh, at Chase Center, I don't want to trust whatever's left of Golden State. If I had to take a lean, I'm probably taking the Rockets. I'm probably taking the Rockets and the over. But I just genuinely like loathe this matchup and don't want to bet it or watch it. Your thoughts? I could not agree more. <laughs> this is the game I'm probably going to stay away from completely. I think if there's a side I'm going to come in on, it's the Rockets, and I probably want the discount and, and take the first half. I don't trust the full game. I think, the like you mentioned, the Warriors are a little pesky. They might make it a game. They might backdoor cover um, late. You know, the, the, the Rockets have been known to, to blow some leads. Uh, I've witnessed that firsthand. So, yeah, I, I, this is a game I don't really have too, too, uh, too big a lean on. I mean, the, the, the Rockets have been playing really, really well lately, though. So, I mean, they, they're arguably playing their best basketball this season. That that uh, the Clippers comeback was extremely impressive. And Russ has been, you know, his efficiency, his shooting efficiency has been much better as of late. And, you know, Russ and Harden together, I just don't see how this uh, 23rd ranked uh, Warriors defense has any shot at defending them. Uh, let's go to the actual good game on the slate. Clippers and Lakers, a fascinating line movement here. Like while we're talking, this thing is the blinking on my screen over at Sports Insights, which you can find if you subscribe to the Action Network uh, Valley of products, I'll call it. The over-under is 223. This opened with Clippers minus one and a half. It's already moved to Lakers minus two and a half. Apparently the word's out that LeBron's going to play and AD is going to be in this one. I can't imagine with either of them out, the Clippers wouldn't be favored. That's been confirmed by Woj, yeah, that they're expected to play. So that's that triggered the, all that line movement. Yeah, so I was, I apologize. I was playing slapjack with my kids while, while Woj was dropping bombs. The overrunner is 223 here. I think especially if you're getting the Clippers as dogs, I like the Clippers in this spot. 
Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in like the Lakers have to prove, I, I bet the Lakers in the first matchup and they posted up Anthony Davis 16 times, but really my, my issue here is mostly it's the math problem. The, the Clippers don't take a high amount of threes, but they take enough. They take enough threes and the Lakers take so few that they're always trying to do all of this. Like they're trying to catch up ground mathematically trading threes for twos uh, in a department where that really kind of winds up impacting things. Um, I feel like uh, here's a, a stat found through bet labs. The unders five and two um, this season when the Lakers face teams with a defensive rating below one Oh two and a half in our system. And the Clippers qualify under that in our bet lab system. So like uh, it's a home game for the, for both teams, right? It's, there's no like real disadvantage there with travel. Um, the Lakers had such a bad game plan in the first matchup. I can't imagine they're going to post AD that much. But the, as much as I don't necessarily think highly of the Clippers rim protectors and Montrez Harrell and Zubach, the numbers continue to say that they're very good. Now, they give up some stuff on cuts. Like the Lakers are going to get cut points. JaVale is going to duck in on some stuff and score some buckets there. But what the Clippers really give up with their drop scheme is they give up jumpers off of the pick and roll. And that's not what LeBron wants to do. Now, he can get ahead of steam get into the rim and draw fouls on Zubach and Harrell and cause problems, but you can survive a big day with LeBron going to the rim. It takes some of his energy away, et cetera. I think my favorite bet here though, is probably the Lakers or the, probably the under. Um, I just, I feel like the, the Lakers have the link to disrupt what the Clippers want to do on the perimeter, even though like Kawhi is going to do his thing. Paul George is going to do his thing, but I don't feel like I'm not worried about the overhitting if those guys are having to score 100 points combined, right? Like, I just feel like anytime it's like those guys can do whatever, okay, but you're going to have issues getting the whole team going. Um, I feel like the Lakers' interior defense will be good enough to kind of contain Montrez Harrell on the roll. And meanwhile, the Lakers' offense, when it's when it struggles, it really struggles. And the Clippers have the length to disrupt things and can make some plays inside and force some turnovers. So I like the under here, I think, the best. Do you have feelings or, or leans on this game? I agree with you on the under, and your, your analysis is pretty spot on. And I, I kind of worry that LeBron and, and Brow aren't, aren't exactly fully 100% either. That kind of affects their their offense, obviously, as well. So I actually bought the Clippers ready on the buyback. I was kind of waiting for the market to overreact a little bit to the uh, LeBron and AD expected to play news, and it did. It moved, obviously, four points. I think that's just um, way too much, given I already kind of expected those guys to play. Um, I, don't, I didn't. I never really thought <laughs> there was really any real risk of either sitting at Smith. So, um, yeah, the, I, I like the buyback on that if you can get the, the Clippers at plus two and a half. Um, for me, the most important thing, uh, one of the most important things I'm looking at this game is how liberal Doc Rivers is going to be with Kawhi's minutes limit. If Kawhi can go... 35 minutes in this one, I really like the Clippers because they've just been a dramatically better team with him on the court. They're 13.7 points per 100 possessions worse when he's on the bench. One of the biggest disparities that we've seen when Kawhi's been on the bench is their defensive rebounding. Um, it drops from the league's best mark when he's on the court to the league's worst mark when he's off the floor. And when you kind of look at his substitution pattern, um, when he comes out, it's usually uh, midway through the first quarter. He'll come back at midway through the second quarter. Um, the Lakers second unit, it doesn't really punish teams on the offensive glass and given that's been the the kind of the Clippers biggest issue when Kawhi's been off the floor um, it makes me like the Clippers even more so um, I, I'm I'm on the Clippers uh, in this one in the buyback and I like the under last game of the slate I'll be at this one the Pelicans are on the road versus the Nuggets uh, Pelicans been a little frisky lately 
the Nuggets are nine and a half point favorites. It opened at 10. It's down to nine and a half, uh, signaling some sort of sharp movement there. But I would expect this to probably go tick back up. I think eventually there will be some money put on the Nuggets that pushes it back up to double digits. Um, even at nine and a half, though, you're getting approximate value. The over-under is 219 and a half. Um, I like the over, I think, in this one. I think the Nuggets offense has kind of been going uh, a little bit more lately. And with the Pelicans having just the worst perimeter contain of any team in the league, uh, I feel like there's a good opportunity uh, to get in on it. When the over-under is like, it's below 220, it's 219 and a half. So I'm able to get basically an idea of like, the, I think the Nuggets could, could wind up dropping 125, 128 in this game. Uh, and so then it doesn't really matter what the Pelicans do because at their pace, they're probably going to score over 100 anyway. So I feel pretty good about uh, the over on this one more than the than the spread. The under is 10 and 6 in Nuggets home games this season, but that was in large part thanks to the Nuggets offense early in the season. Um, the Pelicans are bottom five in points allowed off of turnovers. And the over on those teams on the road this season has gone 40, 35, and 1 via Bet Labs. So I checked that stat out. Here's the other one Denver's 8, 6. Eight and six against the spread at home the last two seasons versus teams with a 40% win rate or under. So not stellar. They already lost the Pelicans once this season. I don't, I think they win this game. Like I love them. If you're going to, if you want to do a parlay on a bunch of these teams, I love the nuggets in the spot to win, but I was also, I'm also scarred because I took them minus nine and a half versus the wolves the other night and Jalen Noel, who I had to learn about the other night backdoor covered me with a score at 22 seconds remaining and ruined what would have been a four in one evening for me. So I was pretty annoyed there. Um, they're 10 and six at home versus teams with against the spread with teams with a, with a 110 defensive rating or worse. So there are signals here that the, that the nuggets should handle this, but with the Pelicans playing like a little bit better, I think Okafor matches. I did. I looked at some of the numbers um, Okafor matches up pretty well with Jokic. Jokic hasn't scored over 20 points versus Okafor in their four meetings. He's a big body that just kind of will slug with him. Um, I, th- I think the, the Nuggets win, but I don't feel great. I think they'll get up for this game, but I do worry about a backdoor cover here, so I'm going to stay away from the spread. Um, I like the over quite a bit. Though. Who do you think the, the Pelicans' Jalen Noel is to backdoor cover uh, this game? Oh God! No, it's Lonzo Ball. That's what it'll be because of, of my history with Lonzo and how much I pointed out how much his defensive rating is terrible and how bad he is. He's gonna pull up a th- uh, from like thirty and, and drain a three. That's a backdoor cover. I can't wait. Yeah, that's that's what it'll be. It'll be a pull up three pointer. Lonzo Ball in transition as Lakers fans tweet Lonzo as the Lakers as they're down by 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 11 before he shoots that and they just cover. So yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one. It really sucks that Zion's not in this game. It'd be a really fascinating matchup if so. Um, but yeah, I just don't like the spread that's too high. And um, I do like the over. Do you have a lean here? I kind of was looking at the under initially. Probably stay away from it overall. Um, coming into the season, this Pelicans team, we were talking about them maybe challenging for the the, the league record in pace. Obviously that went to hell when Zion um, got injured. Um, but they've... They've slowed down like recently. Uh, they're 18th in pace over the last five, ninth, ninth in pace over the last 10, and their defense has improved quite a bit. I mean, they're fourth in defensive rating over the last five games. Um, there aren't like a huge, huge defensive sieve anymore like they were kind of in the early stretch of the season. So um, I've been encouraged kind of by how I've 
you know how the Pelicans have looked lately, um, playing slower, playing better defense, um, and this Nuggets pace, this Nuggets team is still dead last in pace on the season. So um, you, you're right, you're totally right. Though the Nuggets offense has looked a lot better uh, lately. Um, they've been just dominant on the offensive glass, which has led to a lot of their success. But to be fair, like two of the last three games, they played um, a Wolves team without Cat, a Lakers team without LeBron. So I don't know how much really to to put into that. Uh, the, you know the, those games and that sample um, so it's probably a stay away for me uh, stay away game for me for from both ends of this um, you know but it, I, I'm I'm rooting for that backdoor cover I just it's it's coming I, I can feel it are there three teams that you would want to take I, I know this is not your jam I'm doing this basically I'm cribbing this from Raybon and Stucky on their podcast on the NFL pod are the, if we we're going to put together a three-team parlay for tomorrow what would you want to do just with money lines just with the money lines I mean, Rockets, Nuggets, and Bucks. Not bad. I like that. Rockets, Nuggets, and Bucks seems seems solid. Stay away from Celtics, Raptors, and uh, and Clippers, Lakers. I like that. That's a that's pretty good on the on the spot. That's obviously pretty chalky because those are the, like the three biggest spreads. But I do feel pretty good about um, the, the the Bucks in their spot better than I do about the Celtics and better than I do about the Clippers or the Lakers. All right, well, let's go wrap it up for this edition for the Christmas episode. You can check out all of our content at Action Network. We've got a bunch of stuff up. Wob wrote a bunch of stuff. I wrote about the Bucks and how they're the best team going into Christmas and how the Clippers and Lakers we shouldn't crown the ass yet. We've got betting guides on all five games with all this detailed info and more. A reminder. The podcast will be coming down your chimney with three more episodes this week, the NFL Fantasy Flex, the Week 17 betting preview for the NFL, and the College Football Bowl preview part three. Make sure to check out all those in your feed. Thanks for subscribing. Make sure to rate, review, leave us five-star reviews, and we will be back after football season with more episodes from the NBA section on this, the Action Network podcast. The flame that we kindled hasn't dwindled at all. It just keeps burning, burning, burning It won't cool off Your smile is a gold that leads it Your kiss is a cold that feeds it And keeps me yearning, yearning It won't cool off